Switch. He used to go by uh, Mr. DC, and now he goes by Dave Cheney. Yes, sir. I, um, I'm actually a huge fan of his music. We were just talking about before the podcast. He doesn't feel like mm-hmm. he has a huge platform, but all my <laughs> all of my favorite artists in Seattle, this man has worked with. So I'm excited to learn more about his background, and uh, I love his outfit. So let's just get hey. into this. <laughs> I had to make sure that the fit was right before I came in here, too. Yes, sir. You're yeah. one of those artists that it, genuinely I feel like anyone can put you on any type of track, whether it's a band, mm. EDM, mm. hard rap. Like you're, you have a very, uh, you're, you have a fluent style that fits on various art mediums, and it's really dope to see. Damn, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I mean, um, you know, I started off as a rapper. So, like, the fact that, like, I, I love rapping, but I just ended up, loving to sing a lot more and I just I love music I love being able to uh, explore different genres I love to explore um, the possibility of bringing two genres together or multiple genres together and just kind of making the sound feel unique to what I am or to the people that I'm making music with you know so um, it's dope that you like you recognize those those outlets I guess because I, I definitely want to emphasize my my rapping style a lot more mm. um or just bring it back even if it's just subtly on like other songs that I just ended up you know working on you know um or if I'm working on music with another artist you know I want to be able to I want people to want me to do that medium just as much as I do the singing part you know and I think you've got that I feel like there's a lot of artists I do know though that are singers mm. that try to rap And I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like it's an easier transition from a rapper to a singer because I feel like a lot of rappers do do their own like choruses, you know, and that's more, um, it's more, uh, I feel like it fits better. Like it's so crazy to hear like someone rap or even like a Drake, you know, Mm. I'm not a huge fan of his singing style, but when he goes from rapping and then doing his own chorus, it fits really well together. Yeah. Drake is definitely one of those artists. He was, was and somewhat still is um an inspiration to the music that I make. I I don't put him on like the the pedestal that so many people yeah. put him on, but I understand what he's done and like what he especially me growing up listening to Drake. It's wild to still see him have such such an impact on just generations, you yeah. know. It's it's just wild. So It, it is but, wild. Dude, from his first album on, he's like the So Far Gone EP, that shit was fire. Like, he's, he's, he's always been amazing, which is 
crazy. But um, I had Sam Rydell on like a, my guy. a week or two ago, and he told me I, – I hadn't checked it out until he told me about it. You're – your Mr. Samurai project. Yeah. That was like the first project I made when I first when we came out here. Oh, so you're not you're not originally from Seattle. I'm I'm from Tri Cities. Oh, so you're Eastern Washington. You're part of that Tri City gang. I am. That's how me, Karma, Nobi. We, that's how we know each other. That's crazy. Yeah, like we like before I graduated high school. That's when me, um, you know, Kyle, Mark. That's how we. That's how we ended up meeting each other. You know, and it's funny because it's my dad. Who introduced us to each other? Really? Yeah. Who, who's your dad? Um. Well, Jordan. I don't really like saying my my last name. Maybe we can no bleep that up. But, <laughs> um, my dad. He's just. He's been a very. Uh, you know, he's been a staple in the Eastern Washington, um, like realm. Like an A and R type deal. Nah, just more of like a motivational speaker he's always brought like art together he's a he's a poet first and then he was a motivational speaker second and uh the his love for art and music and he created this this platform called urban poet society where it was kind of like a series of open mics where people would just come out um and like in eastern washington there's not many like platforms like that you know in eastern washington they're more about sports and, you know, um, getting the job done. Because they're fucking like farmland out there, Yeah, right? it's farm. <laughs> you know, it's just it's kind of dirt and farmland out there. So um, my dad wanted to change that a little bit and created Urban Post Society. Um, and we would have them at the Barnes & Noble at our local mall. And it was like once a week or maybe once every two weeks. I forget. It's been like years since then. Wow. But, um, yeah, and... I don't know if that's how my dad met them, um, but I just remember he introduced us. We worked on music, and then there was one time where my dad um, had them come over to our house, and, like, he just cooked us a whole bunch of, like, chicken and just food and just barbecued it up. My dad actually posted it all the time uh, on his Facebook. But, um, yeah, it was just, like, it was, like, a memory that I have of just, like, damn, like, it's wild that, that's how we ended up like that's our origin story of that's how we crazy. became kind of like a family you know like i look at those dudes like my brothers you know because like we we just kind of we low-key kind of grew up after 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 that you know we kind of just grew up a low-key together just knowing each other and supporting each other and you know being being on each other's back you know damn i never got that perspective i thought you guys all just kind of knew each other in the Tri-Cities and then eventually randomly all moved out to Seattle. It, I mean, it low-key is kind of like that, but, like, before we moved out to Seattle, like, we were, you know, we were making music and stuff like that together. You know, we had a couple tracks that we were making before that, and, you know, it's just it's just wild. Because they're, like, a year older than I am. Hmm. Um, and they were, like... How old ra- are you? 26. Okay. Yeah. You need to update your Spotify. Yeah. Does it, does it say... <laughs> he's, oh, been, he's been 23 for the three years. Damn. Okay, I'm Mr. DC, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, damn. Damn, I do need to update that. I mean, shit. On on Dave Shanae, man, it's it's weird because, like, I've always had this perspective of, like, the older you get, the more, like, you need to, like, start focusing on other shit. Um, and I feel like we, we live in a time where being in our 20s, being in our 30s, you know, we're still young. Yeah, you know, we're still hella young. I know some people um, that are just turning 30. Sorry, I'm going to talk your ear off about age right now. Yeah, no worries. Um, 
I know some people that just turned 30 that Sam LaChow. Sam LaChow just turned 30. Yeah. Whoa. That's wild. But he's not specifically who I'm talking about when it comes to this because I know that he's not going to like what I'm talking about is people like looking at age and being like, okay, that's it. I need to give up. Because, like, I know Sam's not going to, like, give up. Like, he's not doing that. It's clear. He's making his music. He's he's doing what he needs to do, you know. But I know some people that are like, yo, I'm turning 30. And, they, and these people make really, really fucking fire music, you know. But getting to that point where they're just like, uh, I, I think it's it's time to call it quits, you know. And I'm just like, bro, what the fuck? You're doing a disservice to not only yourself, but to the people that actually really fuck with you. Yeah. You know. And your and your future self, the possibilities that you could be, um, like venturing out to the any anything that you could see yourself being, like it shouldn't be giving up. I don't know. Yeah, I was. Um, do you know who Will Jordan is? Of course. So I had Will on the podcast, and he was talking about like how from twenty to thirty, that's like the pivotal time where an artist actually finds himself, and that's where mm. the real growth happens. And you, when you look at a lot of these industry artists. A lot of them are 29, 30, 35. From mm. like when you're looking at like a little baby or a, a Lizzo. Lizzo's in her mid-30s. Drake's in his mid-30s. Wait, a little baby is in his 30s? I think he's like 29 or something like you're that. You're lying. I'm pretty sure little baby's older. Is it little baby or duh baby? I'm, let me, I'm pretty sure. Do you have your phone on you? Yeah, let me see. I'll continue to talk. Little yeah. baby. I'm pretty sure. But like a lot of these artists, like a, I feel like a little Nas X is an exception. There's obviously like occasional exceptions like a little mosey little nas x fucking little bow wow you know all this (laughs) but so i mean no the baby is 29 but how's how's a little bit little baby little baby is about to be 27 20 but you see what i mean though like they're 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 late 20s reaching into their to their early 30s 30s, right and their and their careers are just starting yeah so i feel like there's no there's no need to give up you know no not at all you know it's we we like I was saying, like we definitely live in a time where content is able to be given. We have a question first. Why do you think people think that in the first place, though? Because anybody in our age, I don't know how old you are. I'm 20. You're 20. Yes. Okay, so then you're still young, young. You're yeah, still. I can't even drink. I have one more month. November. So Bro, that's coming what? Up. You haven't even been able to sip, sip for legally. No. I don't know if you drink, but like. I drink water, huh? There you go. <laughs> there you go. But, like, you haven't been able to sip, sip. That's wild. Um, no, man, like, why do I think that? Because I feel like maybe my generation, I don't know. What I is feel your generation? Like, Are you, like, a millennial? I think I'm a millennial. I was searching up the other day. I thought I was Gen X. That's your generation, right? I have no—I thought I was a millennial, but I guess I'm not. Millennial, I think, is 1995 and up. Okay. So maybe or I'm a gen- 19, no, 1995. I think 1980 to 1995 is a millennial, and then everything after is like Gen, not Z, right? Gen Z something. I don't know what Gen Z is though. Because Gen X is before the millennial, right? I don't know. Damn, what, what's yeah, a see, boomer? Boomer <laughs> is like 1960s. I think. <laughs> I think they're they're the. They're the booms. They're the boomers. The booms. The booms. No, but... One more thing. This is off topic a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate in movies people are starting to say boomer and stuff. Like, have Mm. you seen the Squid Games yet? Yeah, of course. Dude, in the fucking... In one of the episodes, they called that old guy a boomer. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Even in South Korea, they're using the word boomer boomer now? Hey, man. Slang just happens to be 
everywhere. You know, it doesn't matter where. But it is funny. I feel like they had to like use that, or maybe maybe did you read the um? Did you listen to it in the actual? Like American subtitles with Korean. I switched between it. Like I don't mind. Like I actually feel like I get taken out of it if I'm hearing English and it's like not matching up the with the, the words or the mouth. Yeah, but like my family is like they're like why I don't want to just read subtitles, mm. you know. So when I'm when my when I was by myself listening to that or any other show that's foreign, mm-hmm. I have the subtitles on and listen to it in um, listen to the the original language. Right. But, um, when I was watching with family, they'd want to hear like the English. See, and like, excuse me, my bad. I was about to burp. Um, Even if it's like just completely off, like they'll stop talking and the words will continue going. It's still going, yeah. And see that, and that's the thing that, like I was looking at it because the first episode, I didn't realize it was like a Korean film or a Korean show. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I thought it was um, Korean American at first. Uh, And then when I realized that they were actually like, you know, the mouth movements were not matching up with the actual words. I was like, okay. Or the voice actors even. Yeah. And like, it just felt weird. Like it felt weird. Like it didn't feel like the voice acting matched necessarily to how they were actually acting. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, okay, I need to switch over. And then me anyway, even if I'm watching an American show or anything like that, I still watch with subtitles because mm-hmm. I like to read. Cause sometimes I like might not hear them correctly. I'm like, yo, what do they say? And then like, I have to like read that shit, you yeah. know? I'm that type of person, but I end up switching it over and like there was like this, I think this TikTok that was explaining that um, the American subtitles are actually not really what they are actually meaning. I saw that the other day. Yeah. yeah and like it takes so much away from the, the, the grip or the concept of what they're actually their character is you know like you might hear them say something and then you might get a different idea of what it what what their character is about just based off the fact that the subtitles are mistyped you know have you watched um south korean movies before um i just got done watching train to busan yeah see that's those are the like that's actually because i'm really into either super like gory fucked up movies mm. or like psychological thrillers like my favorite yeah. my favorite show right now is Hannibal I, I'm about oh, okay. to finish I'm in like I have like two more episodes left I heard about that show you I should, haven't watched you it you should yet. watch it's on Hulu if you have is it damn there's so many fucking shows oh yeah. my god but anyways like South Korean films are actually probably my favorite because they're like they're just so fucked up so like yeah, yeah. Train to Busan is it Busan I've I always so read it as Busan. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. There's it comes at night, which is also on Netflix. You should watch that. Okay. Really fucked up. The man from nowhere. There's like all these. Bruh. So it's but it's kind of crazy that um, Squid Games became so popular, and yeah. I wonder I wonder if that's gonna have more people wanting to watch these fucked up shows, or if, like I, like if there's like kids watching Squid Games because it's yeah. just so because it's just so, so meme popular. Culture, yeah. But it's like fucked up. So I wonder like. Like, do parents know what's on Squid Games? I mean, I and feel like I hope the parents are, like, watching. You know, I mean, yeah. there's some parents, because my parents grew up letting me just kind of do whatever, low-key. Like, not like, oh, yeah, just go and fuck around. But, yeah. like, I don't know. They just let me kind of watch whatever. Like, I was playing, like, Grand Theft Auto in, like, <laughs> first grade and shit like that. So, like, it, it really depends on the parent, to be honest. Yeah. You know? I wonder if this Squid Games will actually have people more invested in South Korean movies or not. I was just but, talking about this with my barber, actually. I was oh, just like... Where's your barber at? In Federal Way. 
Oh, there we go. Yeah, shout out Casey. Damn, shout you drive all you drive all the way to Federal Way to get your haircut? Yeah, bro, because that's my guy. So I used to live in Renton. Okay. And he used to um, work at a barbershop. I forget the name of it, but he used to work at a barbershop like pretty much at South Center. Okay. And I used to go there all the time. Um, and then not too long ago, he ended up getting his own shop Ooh. in Federal Way. And I was like, well, not only does he know how to cut my hair, that's like, that's my guy. He just, he knows what I want without, like, even without me even like telling him what I want. He's just like, okay, I know what you want. So we're on that level. But then at the same time, oh, my bad, there was a fuzzy, I had to, <laughs> I had to hit it real quick. Um, but then at the same time, like, I, I, I got to support my guy, you know, yeah. he's black owned business, you know, I got to make sure that I, I support that. So I, I drive out there. Yeah. I make the drive. I've, I have never had any luck with any barbers or hairstylists that's my guy bro i would um imperial imperial barber lounge hey in federal way that's that's where i go they they will get you hooked up shout out like, to them shout out to them for sure so what were you saying you we have two things we have to follow up on so uh, first thing okay Wait, what were you saying about your i'm still interested in like south korean thing what were you so, saying with your friends about yeah that? i was thinking like <laughs> i feel like i wonder if this will like spark more interest in letting like foreign film and foreign like TV shows be brought up in the mainstream and then also making it so that they don't have to like Americanize it, you mm -hmm. know, because Train to Busan, one of the reasons why I ended up like not like rewatching it, but just like really consuming it the way that I, I felt like it needed to be consumed. Sorry, I see this fuzzy. Yeah, there's a fucking fuzzy. It's distracting me, bro. <laughs> um, But like, and not Americanizing it, you know, like, I, I understand where some stories can be told differently through an American lens, I guess. But sometimes when you when you watch the movie um, and know the original, sometimes watching it the American way kind of ruins it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost kind of like, I mean, it was already this, what I'm about to say, was already like an American TV show at the time anyway. Talking about The Office. I was talking about Avatar. The Last Airbender, but oh. the way that they kind of like, they American, it's weird how they Americanized an American TV show. If oh, I was about are you say. talking about the movie? The movie. Dude, that movie was like. So garbage. God. I, I, that was horrendous. Bro, and it's and it's one of the reasons why it's kind of hard to like. They even fucked up the main character's name. The main character's name. that And that's and that's one of the reasons why like it, I don't know, if they, if they do like Americanize anything, like it always for me anyway gets taken with a grain of salt like i'm just like okay yeah i hope like even this new cowboy bebop live action mm. like i grew up watching the original like anime and i don't know are, are they gonna do it justice you know sometimes i'm like very skeptic about like old like you know like old foreign cartoons you know yeah getting americanized or live actionized and how is that gonna how is that gonna actually translate into something that's a fan service and then someone that is new to the series you I, know i think the main reason why um squid games is even popular right now is because of how shitty the movies in america have been mm. if you think about it for the past like honestly like two to three years all the movies the majority of the movies coming out are just remakes mm. or sequels or prequels it's ridiculous Bro, that's it's weird. I never even thought about that actually. You know, something that I did think about. It's safe about. though, that's why they do it. Yeah, it's very safe. Like I don't think anything original um has been coming out. But I mean we are also coming back into like finally starting to transition back into like being able to see movies in the movie theater and like actually consume 
like TV different but same yeah. like because we're still consuming like hbo movies that's so dope I'm weird do, do you have hbo i have all the streaming platforms H- i love hbo they can fucking watch it in the theater and on yeah oh. they, they kill it that way bro yeah. like because you you have the option to be like okay i could watch this in the comfort of my home or i could just go to like a big screen surround sound and like enjoy it that way too mm-hmm. obviously like there's pros and cons because like one you have to pay to watch it in a movie theater or two you get to just Ooh, I get to watch this in the comfort of my home, yeah. but like, how how nice is your system at home? You know, yeah. <laughs> but the comfort is there. The comfort is there. But nah, man. Uh, I was actually, and this is funny talking about movies. Yeah. H- have you seen anything about three D movies anymore? Oh, remember shit. how like three D was just being pumped into <laughs> us? I have not seen one like advertisement about like watches in three D. Yeah, I wonder like, why. Like yeah. even even do you have a VR system at all? Oh, bro, I'm thinking about getting one. Like even v- even watching movies in VR kind of sucks, you know. Right like, now, yeah, right now at least. Damn. I don't I don't know why. Um, I saw something about it. Like they they were, there was like this system that was meant for 3D that was supposed to come out and just completely flopped, like probably like a decade ago. Really? I don't know. It's so what, for VR. For just 3D, like the 3D glasses, like having like your own 3D. It's like mm-hmm. it was like Blu-ray but 3D for your own house. Damn. But that shit flopped. I don't know why 3D flopped. There was, I never saw anything like I feel. Usually when things flop, I feel like a lot of it's like health crisis type stuff. Like, does 3D give you blindness or anything? But I never saw anything like that, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it fell off. Do you have I, any ideas? No, I was just. I, I to be honest, I mean, like anything. Like recently, is like I just think because of the pandemic, low key, and then all of a sudden they just decided that they are just gonna stop doing 3D movies. But like, if you saw like uh, a Marvel movie. They would give you the option to watch it in like HD or like like IMAX yeah. 3D or something like that, and you're just like, oh shit, you have those options to watch this movie. I don't know how much of a difference it really is because I never, I was never the type to be like, oh, I'm gonna go watch this movie in 3D and yeah. like hopefully see a difference. But like some people really fucked with IMAX 3D for some reason. <laughs> that just hurts my eyes, man. Yeah, bro, because like. <laughs> I don't know, especially because like it doesn't like go around your eye. It just yeah. only does right here. So like parts are right here from your like peripheral. Yeah, you can actually still see just regular life happening. <laughs> and then you sit there and like go like this to make sure yes, that it's yes, actually yes. like three D or not. Like, am I getting my money's worth? <laughs> How much three D is this actually? Like, did did you see they shut down Cinerama? Have you ever been there? Mm-mm. I think who is it? I'm pretty sure Bill Gates. Or Paul Allen. One of those big tech guys owned it. Mm. It was like in downtown Seattle and they'd only play like one movie a month. Like it would play the same movie for a whole month. And like it was like a crazy huge movie theater. Just one screen. It was massive. It was like something like 20 to 30 bucks per ticket. But What the fuck? It was such a crazy experience. Per ticket? Yeah. It was something crazy I'm pretty sure. Just to go see that one movie. Yeah. But it was the experience was amazing. Mm. But now that's now that's um. That's done. They closed it down. It was in yeah. downtown. Yeah. Hmm. I think the building's still there. I may, I may. Was it like a blue building? I think so. And it had like, it had like, um, I think it was blue and it had kind of like animations on it. I'm pretty, pretty sure it had animations on I think it. I know what you're talking about. I think I've been there once because of. It was um, right next to the railway, rail, railway station or transit station or whatever it's called. Literally right um, down the street did, from West Didn't Lake Travis have, Travis Thompson, didn't he have his, um. 
his like one of his short films play there. Really? I think so. If I'm he not did, sure. That's crazy. I I may be wrong then. I don't know. I mean, he could have. He could have. But I remember him like, t- like in downtown Seattle, there was like a, a a movie theater that we ended up going to that he got to premiere. Damn. Um, yeah, one of his short films there. See, that's what I'm trying to push right now. Like, there's so many different genres that can blend together. Like a movie with music and all this stuff is so cool. Bruh, it's so fire. TJ Campana. I I don't even yeah. know why I just yelled out his. His government, my he, bad. He had that movie he released in the theater. Yeah, it was super fire. He's been winning a couple awards for it too. Really? Yeah, man. Like, it's it's super fire the way that they they did it. You might see a little cameo with me in there, a, hey. and it's um, it's it's just super fire the way that they did it. Swim team is the one. You got a swim um, team water bottle right there. Yeah, bro. I got the the swim team sticker. Shout out swim <laughs> team. Shout out Genki. Shout out Gritty. Um. Yeah, man. Um, so tell me about this age thing that you're getting at. Yeah, we're so literally probably age, like it's probably been like twenty minutes or so uh, after we started bringing that up. <laughs> um, I like I was saying before is like I feel like, um, you know, I feel like my generation, generation, but like the this millennial generation, I feel like we grew up, um, kind of like at the like the end of what the generation before us were where they thought like, okay, we had to make it. We had to be successful. We had to have like a, a good job. We had to have like graduated college by the time we hit, you know, 20, you know, and then after that we have to start getting our plan for when we turn 30, which is like what having kids, getting married, having having a house, having a good job and then living the rest of your life that way. You know, that's the mind state that, the generation before us had and then we were kind of like getting the the little bits of that you know to where you know the generation before us they didn't get to really grow up on the technology that we grew up understanding that there are so many different ways to make your money you're the last generation that grew up without technology i'm pretty sure i I grew up with technology but like as a teenager so it was something like that or like really? millennials, I think it was like something like because didn't the internet come out around like like um, in the house around? I thought it was like early two thousand, like nineties. I I think it was probably like I mean the internet has probably been that's been around since like the eighties or seventies. Right? I don't even know. Damn, that's a good question. I don't know when the internet has been around for sure. I'm pretty sure you're one of the last generations that as a like as a kid, did you have internet? Yeah, for sure. I was playing RuneScape. I was playing then I'm internet off. games. I'm the worst with fun facts. Bro, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I'm not that old, bro. I'm not that old. I definitely, right. I, I was definitely on the computer at like five playing like the internet. Okay. Yeah. Five and six for sure on the internet. But like the, with the commercials that say only go on this website with your parents', parents permission. Yeah, with parents' permission. They yeah, don't even sure. say that shit anymore. Oh, no. Because <laughs> they, they, they already know that there's no parent permission. Everybody has access to the internet now. Literally everybody. I was definitely probably the last generation that got to experience being able to be on your phone and be on your and like the generation after us, um, for sure is only gonna know internet access at all aspects. And they're gonna be all brainwashed. We're just gonna have these are just like fucking soldiers that we don't even like they're all like dude, kids are like a completely like I have a little brother, and by the time he was, I don't know, like five, six, mm-hmm. he was already glued to the TV, the TV screen, and 
like his phone and stuff like we we live in that age bro where now everything is digital bro like it's all propaganda though imagine like what these kids are consuming on a daily basis that their parents don't even know about it's wild it's wild but these kids man like i feel like the internet is definitely beneficial and can be un like like disruptive at the same time like it's beneficial because these kids that are already like learning the internet at a at a rate at which it is now compared to when it was when we were kids and they're already consuming all of this they're gonna know how to push technology forward they're already like there are kids that i know couldn't they just be they, they might just end up being consumers and just be stuck in that cycle of being a consumer but then like that's for everybody though because, like, I, I could have grew up just being a consumer to music, but I decided to make I decided to make music and consume music, mm. you know. So there there are, like, two different ways to it growing up, you know. Like, I, I'm definitely more of a consumer of electronics than I am, like, oh, I'm going to push electronics forward, <laughs> you know. Like, I don't know shit about, like, building, like, a computer or, like, I mean, I know that it's a little bit easier now than it probably was back then to build a computer, but... um the information out here has, I feel like it was already limitless, but then I feel like it expanded into being even more limitless, if that makes sense. And I feel like in the right hands, some children will be able to like already understand like coding and understanding like the computer and, and what like entails in, in this, in this box, you know, or even this in this phone, you know, and learning how to like make it smaller, make it bigger, make it um, expand super far, or, like just only be right here. Like, I, I truly feel like some kids now, like I knew some kids because I used to work at a um, at, at a childcare facility. Hey, and some of those kids truly, I, I truly believe, like, yo, these kids will probably push technology forward like they they know a little bit more than i do and i've been using electronics since i was fucking six you know but they're like like you were saying like they're they're using it in more of the um pushing shit forward aspect where i was just using it like oh i'm playing runescape right now (laughs) i'm playing i'm watching youtube videos you know i'm doing shit that i probably shouldn't be doing on the internet but you know yeah, I think the internet's kind of crazy though. It like, is so too much. There, there, there is good stuff, I guess, but there's also a ton of bad stuff. Like, oh sure, that's one of the reasons why here at the studio, I guess we can talk about it. We're adding like a gaming element to it, right? And it's not like if we were in fucking Utah, we probably wouldn't be doing that. But we're here mm. in a fucking tech city where like people are definitely. I know so many people that are like legitimately like addicted to like video games or being online, bro. So as like a podcast studio we have to adapt to that and mm. be like that's an actual market oh for sure that exactly you know but that's all just consuming but see like it is it is it's trash because like electronics definitely and like the algorithm and everything like that definitely cater to your consumer habits you know like my phone knows exactly what fits I want to wear. My phone knows exactly <laughs> what like um, video game that I like because I like video games too. And hey. they know exactly when to pop that shit up on my screen to make me like, oh, a new character just came out to Smash Bros. Oh, you like Kingdom Hearts? 
guess what? Sora's coming to fucking Smash Bros. now. And oh, like, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, Kingdom, which is, yeah. yeah, which is super fire because I grew up playing Kingdom Hearts. So, like, it, like, it's wild because, like, I don't even have a Switch right now, but my my algorithm knew exactly like knew exactly that it needed to give me that information to get me hype because now guess what my consumer brain that doesn't have a switch right now is thinking about getting a fucking switch yeah because like two of my like favorite games are coming together like sora from kingdom hearts is now going to be a character in super smash bros dude let me tell you a funny story so yeah king dude kingdom hearts just had their yeah that's why they're doing their game their 20th anniversary that's why they're doing oh that makes sense too um but when I was like in fifth grade, when I was like into Kingdom Hearts the most, mm-hmm. I, uh, and I, I literally would like I have friends I could talk to about it too. It was crazy. But um, we had like a we had, we had like school laptops, mm. and um, this kid with me was randomly arguing about. <laughs> I don't even know why. And fucking <laughs> in fifth grade, we were arguing about fucking condoms for some reason because we we both didn't really know what it was. Yeah. This dude, but we were fighting about what it actually was or what it wasn't. Like, so, so you guys can like prove that you guys knew what yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel you. So I, I, I was like, I'll show you what a fucking condom is, and I looked up condom on the lap school laptop. Oh and damn! I forgot and on the Google images, and I forgot to like close out of the browser. So the next kid who, oh, had, who didn't didn't know what a condom fucking was, like opened their laptop and was like, what the fuck? Oh And they, man. they showed it to the teacher, right? And then I didn't get in trouble because I was like, oh, um. I thought I was looking up a character from this video game, Kingdom Hearts, named Con Condoom or something oh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually got out of it. I was like, it's actually a really uh it's a really hard name to spell. I thought it was spelled like that. That's smart. That's smart brain <laughs> right there. See? Like and that's a generation of smart kids, bro. That's what I'm saying. The internet taught you how to do that. I'm just kidding. No, I'm Condoom. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> See, bro, that's wild, man. That's wild. So let Tell me about why you switched your uh, your name up from Mr. DC to Dave Shanae. Actually, first start out, where the fuck did you get Mr. DC from anyways? Um, yeah, so that it's it's funny cuz like I, I tell the story um but it was back when I was in elementary school. Yeah, I was like in 5th grade, so like a lot right of fifth before grade stuff happening. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, right in 5th grade, man. That's a a pivotal point in life right there. Um, I was in 5th grade. It was around the time where I was starting to move in with my my granny and my aunt. Um, in the Tri Cities. No, out here in Auburn. Oh, okay, yeah, you lived in Auburn, huh? Yeah, so there was a, I mean, pretty much in my whole elementary, I like moved back and forth between Auburn and Tri Cities, um, up until like middle school, and I lived with my dad. Um, but yeah, fifth grade, I was living with my granny and my auntie, and I was going to the school that like. I had never been to, but it was like right in the like middle of the school year. So it was like kids were already becoming friends with each other. They were already knowing. Anyway, I was the new kid. And at the time I'd always wear these shoes, the DC brand shoes. Mm. I don't know if you know about DC brand, the skateboard shoes. Is that still around? I don't know. I think so. Actually, they got ridiculousness. That's still a show. Scott. Yeah. Was it Rob Deerdeck? Yeah. The creator of DC. And I didn't. I honestly, for the longest time, didn't even know that until like a show or like an interview of Rob Deerdeck. But yeah, I was wearing the DC brand shoes. Um, I remember they're. To be honest, like knowing how like, uh, like styles kind of like come back. 
these shoes would low key be kind of fire because they're just like these brown DC branded shoes. And damn, I probably could have probably fit them still because I had a big ass foot. As a kid. <laughs> um, anyway, they said DC on them, and those are my initials. And I remember this kid that I became friends with. He was just always like he would always like notice my shoes, and he's like, "Oh, DC, DC," and I'm and I remember it was like. I was pretty much like, yeah, I'm Mr. DC. <laughs> and like, he's like, what? Mr. DC? And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm Mr. DC. These are my shoes, pretty much. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because my name is David, you know, DC. And, and he just kind of kept on calling me Mr. DC. He's just like, I like that. And he's like, I just kept on. He just, I kind of gave the name to myself, but it kind of came off of the fact that I was wearing the DC brand shoes and that the fact that my initials were DC. So Damn. then I just kept on getting called uh, DC. But then, like, I would always be like, yeah, I'm Mr. DC. I'm Mr. DC. But, like, I used to have a super proper and, like, Mr. DC. <laughs> and I used to write it in my little notebook. And then, you know. Did you um, even like skateboarding? I was, like, low-key, I was, like, getting into it a little bit. Like, I wish I got into it a lot more. But me moving around so much... um, was never able to like truly get myself into it like i used to skate on my um my mom's boyfriend at the time i used to skateboard on his skateboard and i was starting to catch on to it but then like they ended up like breaking up or some shit like that and then of course he took the skateboard damn it and then like yeah out of all things the fucking skateboard (laughs) and then i ended up moving back to auburn so you moved a lot i moved a lot yeah i man i moved so much I moved so much Damn. growing up. And, but you and you weren't even a military kid. I wasn't a military kid. Are you a military kid? No. No? You want to hear a crazy childhood story just like that, though? Yeah. Okay, this is this is embarrassing as fuck, though. Damn, it's all good. Okay. Well, it's not that embarrassing. I just... Okay. It's weird, though. So, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Spider-Man. Like, overly obsessed. Like, I, I dressed up as Spider-Man, like, every Halloween. Mm. Just walk around. <laughs> Spider-Man. All the TV shows, comics, yeah. toys, all that shit. But... To a point that I wanted to, I wanted to be called Spider B, like Spider Blake. So, hey. so when I was in preschool and kindergarten, I I would literally make my teachers call me Spider B, and that was the only way I would respond. You're lying. <laughs> hey, that's that's some that's fire, bro. What Spider B? Spider Man is fire. Yeah, I agree. And to and the fact that you wanted to be that character is is huge, bro. Because like before there was even a black Spider Man. Exactly. Because I don't even think Miles Morales was even like Mm-mm. a thing until like, like maybe mid two thousands. That was prob. That was literally probably like yeah, tw- that was probably maybe like twenty. That was ten. Yeah, around there, and it was cr- so crazy that it made the news even. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That because it was huge. It was like oh, the first black Spider Man. You know, yeah. like that's wild. He's kick ass though, for he's sure. He's fire. I, like, and it's not even like on some like because he's the Black Spider Man, but I, f- I truly think that like once they make him live action, even in the oh. Spider Verse, like Spider Man, like sh- movie, one of my favorite Spider Mans, like the video game for the PS5 or the <sighs> PS. Have you played it? Yeah. So fucking fire, bro. Great story. Like, I, I just I'm so excited to consume more of his character. Yeah, like you're wearing his colors right now. Hey, there we go. You're wearing his colors <laughs> right now, bro. I'm My- Miles Mo- Morales. You are Miles Morales, bro. Dude, I should hey. be in for Halloween. Are you Spider B right now? Oh, <laughs> are you Spider B right now? Come on now. I'm dead. So so what was so then you were Mr. DC for probably how long? That was probably like a decade, right? More than a decade. Because I mean, I just became Dave Chanae. 
And it's funny because like Dave Cheney Loki was given to me by my dad. Um oh. and I'll and I'll get into that. But I've been I've been Mr. D Mr. DC for like I was Mr. DC at first, of course it was super proper. And then I just didn't like it because I was like, oh, I'm trying to be a rapper. I'm not like Mr. DC. Like that's not that's not hard. You know, that's not cool. So then I ended up changing it to Mr. DC. And it just stuck. And and like I, I kept on like calling myself Mr. DC like that. I don't I don't know, maybe it was on some like like egotistical shit, like, yeah, I'm Mr. DC. And I just I wore that shit forever. I wore it forever. And like Nobody else had it on the internet for some reason, cause like any like still to this day, like if you search up Mister DC, it's the only you. thing you will find is me, you know. Um, so no matter what, because I've been Mister DC for so long, I will I will truly always be Mister DC because that's who pretty much created me. Like there would not be a Dave Cheney if it wasn't for Mister DC. There wouldn't be a Dave Cheney or Mister DC if there wasn't a Rob Deerdeck. <laughs> There, exactly. <laughs> Shout out Rob Deerdeck. Shout out Fantasy Factory and rest in peace, Big Black. You know, shout out them because if it wasn't for them, Mr. DC would have never even been born. I would have probably been, I don't know who would I would have been, just David. That's all I would have been. I would just been David. And how fun is that? And there's already a Dave B, so you're, you would have been clashing already. I know. I can't. I would be Dave C. <laughs> I'd be Dave C. But nah, um, yeah, it's 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 a wild journey that I was um that I've been as Mr. DC and it's it's been a rewarding one for sure just because I I got to um really find myself and still finding myself but like I got to really um become someone different as Mr. DC. Like I always looked at being Mr. DC and being David as two different people, you know. Um, but then as time went on, it, it formed into one, which mm-hmm. actually I felt like made the music better because I was I was starting to look at myself as this person and not as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like I still have people referring to me as DC, you know, and is that annoying? No, not at all. Because it's my it's my initials. You know, it's yeah. I am still DC, <laughs> but it is it's cool that people recognize me um as that entity still I feel like it's weird because it went from like being Mr. DC and Dave and then kind of like forming into one and then kind of going back out because mm. now I'm Dave Cheney and Mr. DC is still an entity in its own form you know I'm still like I still have music as Mr. DC people still like listen to those tracks as Mr. DC you know I still see that but um no nah, man, it's it's wild. But yeah, Dave Cheney came from my dad, and it was just one day where he was like, "Yeah, your your last name isn't actually pronounced, it's pronounced Cheney." And was that a joke or is that serious? It was a joke, <laughs> and it's funny because like I believed him, and this was like maybe like a freshman year of high school, and my dad. If you ever, if you've ever, if you know my dad, <laughs> but if you ever meet my dad, my dad is just the type of person that he'll find himself in an area where you're just like, "Oh, damn, you're." you're David's dad and like it's just random but um yeah like he he told the joke and then forgot to tell me it was a joke for like a <laughs> month so I, I was sitting here going around telling people like yeah my last name is actually pronounced Shanae it's actually pronounced Shanae and in high, school. Belie- in high school <laughs> so then I'm over here looking like a fucking liar just telling people that my last name is pronounced Shanae but of course I got away with it because I was just like I was a goofy kid anyway so people 
kind of laughed laughed it off anyway and it didn't really like become a big deal but after he told me it was wasn't how you actually pronounce it i actually really liked it though and i was like oh mm-hmm. i'm dave shanae i'm dave shanae sounds and, fancy like, it's fancy but like it's funny how like dave shanae didn't actually become a thing until like pretty much 10 years after i i spent this whole journey as mr dc and why did it come up though why did it change um i i pretty much brought back dave shanae like brought dave shanae to like any sort of like medium um once i um i don't know like i was starting to i was like looking at dave shanae as like an alter ego to mr dc and i was going to use dave shanae as like okay dave shanae is going to be like the rapping version of me and then mr dc is going to be the singing version of me oh, like j cole does with kill edward yeah exactly you know and that's that was my plan originally and like i remember i started introducing dave shanae to like the seattle scene or to like anybody that knew me as mr dc out here um and i remember people actually really liked the name and like i remember there was one time that i was performing and somebody was like um it was my homie Shayhan actually, and he and hey, like Shehan. yeah, you know Shayhan? I I've I've been uh, the digital has been telling me a lot about him. And That's I've been my brother. Out his music and stuff. That's my brother, man. Don't know him personally. Hopefully, he'll be on the podcast soon. He's actually in L.A. right now. Maybe one day when he yeah. comes back this way, you could get him on the podcast. Or he could be over Zoom, whichever is easiest. Either way, like I. That's my brother, man. I love that guy. That's a whole nother story. But like, if it wasn't for him, I feel like my growth as an artist wouldn't have been recognized. In my, within myself mm. you know like he helped he helped me shape a sound within me that I knew I had but I didn't know how to like really execute properly until like really working with him and like it felt good having somebody that knew that within me and like somebody that could like I looked at like as a big brother because I'm an only child mm. so like having that that kind of like brotherly figure that I never really had but in a musical sense was super beneficial on my my creation of anything you know um besides the point we were at a show he asked the crowd because we were having this debate he was like telling me like bro you should change your name to dave shanae you should change your name to dave shanae and i'm like nah i like mr dc i've been mr dc for so long and like how am i supposed to like transition all the music from what i did now to over there blah 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 anyway we get on stage and before we even get on stage He's like, yo, before we start this, I want to ask y'all, what do you like more? I went from, um, and rated by your cheers. Um, let me hear, do you like Mr. DC? And they're like, ooh, they scream, they do their thing. And they're like, okay, but how about Dave Shanae? And then they just roar, bro. They're just like screaming. And I'm just like, uh, oh shit. Like, I was like, fuck y'all. Cause like, <laughs> I was in a joking way. I was like, fuck y'all. Like. I'm Mr. DC. You got you guys don't deserve Mr. DC. It's just whatever. They all laugh, blah, blah, blah. But that's like really the moment where I was like, damn, maybe, maybe Dave Shanae could actually be who I go by. Um, and then like years after, um, up until like 2020, when like really the whole world shifted, that's when I was like, man, maybe this is the moment that like I I really do decide to like switch things up. You know, like I'm making different music now. My sound is a little bit different from what I was doing. Um, 
I've grown in in different ways, and maybe this is the way that I introduce Dave Cheney properly to the world as um, somebody that you know is is who I am. Like it's literally it's technically my real name. Yeah, you know, but it's like I'm I'm giving I'm giving people a different side of me that has always been there, but um, you know. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. But yeah, Dave Cheney. What was the choice to... Because like, even with me on one of my podcasts, I think I actually... I debate it every couple of months, to be honest, mm. whether there's a there's a the in the NAS podcast or if it's just NAS podcast. <laughs> it's the yeah. stupidest shit ever, but I'll actually like change it every once in a while. Just, it makes a difference. Yeah. So why, what was the... But you can just change it on Spotify. So what's okay. the difference between you actually making new music under Dave Cheney versus keeping all the same music and just changing the name on Spotify. Like you have actual two different Spotify accounts, music accounts, all that stuff. Um, there, there is a, you know, when I looked at it, I just wanted to do a lot more growth as, as an artist. And I knew, and I knew that I could grow from what I was as Mr. DC and to Dave Cheney. Um, and a part of me, thought about doing that you know like just putting everything under one platform and i mean still can you know nothing nothing is stopping me from doing that but i wanted to pretty much start fresh almost like i've been having a good um like good little run with when it comes to like playlisting and stuff like that and having like people reach out to me and stuff like that through dave shanae um obviously like all my platforms on social media changed over to Dave Cheney. I still own the handle Mr. DC, but just mm-hmm. on a platform because I just don't want nobody else to take <laughs> it. If that happens, I'm selfish that way. But you know, it's still me. Yeah. But um, no, um, I I really just wanted to start fresh. You know, I wanted to make sure that this art that I'm putting out, um, was the art that I wanted to put out and not felt like. There were there were some tracks before I felt like I was a little rushed, um, and it was weird because it wasn't even necessary to rush anything, and there still isn't any like reason to rush anything, no matter what level I ever be become, you know, um, or will be, you know. There's never there's never um, a reason to rush art or creation, you know. I feel like especially if you want to portray the art in a certain way you should give it as much time as you want because pe- the internet is here. <laughs> you know, yeah. you may lose a couple followers, you may gain a couple followers, but the internet is still here. And if people need to hear it, people will hear it, you know? And if you have people that support you, they're always going to stay there. And if people don't support you, then, you know, fuck them, you know, it's whatever. But I felt like a weird pressure um, when making some of those songs back as Mr. DC that like, I, I realized I was gaining a little bit of traction around here and people were starting to recognize my music. Oh, so it was like to keep up with the hype kind of? Or? A little bit. Okay. I felt like I was trying to keep up with something that wasn't really there. I felt like, you know, like it was like an imaginary, like it was imaginary, but then it 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 wasn't at the same time. Like people were still like reaching out to me, hitting me up. I still have people doing that, but, you know, it was it was just coming to a point where I was starting to get overwhelmed by like trying to keep up with my own hype, if that makes sense. Mm. And releasing shit that wasn't necessarily all the way finished. 
are the way that I wanted it to be portrayed. You know, it 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 got the point across, but like it didn't get to my point, if that makes sense. Like it it wasn't portrayed the, and the story wasn't told the way that I truly wanted to tell it. Yeah, I get that. Like even when I I can relate that to podcasts. Even like if like there's something you know you should edit out or whatever. But right. you don't like the audience wouldn't care, but you know, like, yeah, fuck, I wish I just tweaked that drum or tweaked right. that whatever. And see, and that's the thing though is like, also as like a creative, you also know need to know when it is done, you know, because I could go back to these songs. I could even go back to new songs that I released and like listen back to it and be like, damn, I could have done that different. Nothing will ever be done, and that's something that I had to learn. Like later on in my in my musical career, I guess, is that nothing will ever really be finished in in the artist's perspective, but to the listener, the song could be a masterpiece. Right. You know? And that's something that held me back a little bit on releasing things, um, and even sometimes finishing some stuff. Because like I'll sit there and like create something where I'm in the mode, I'm just like, Oh, this shit's so fire, this shit's so fire. And then I might come back to it and I'm like, uh, but it could sound like this or I can have like, oh, like, you know, and then I'll just get into this mode of like, when will the song actually be done? Because I'm doing the editing as I'm still creating the song. Right. I feel like the editing should come after the, the song is complete. And then that's when you're like, OK, that's where this section needs the sparkles or this is where this needs the, the shine, you know. Um, then how do you know if. How do you know when you're done now, at least? Like, you've already released a few songs under. Dave yeah, Chimay. and I have I have some more. You know, I have a lot more. Um, and it's just... I, I've come to that point where I definitely do need, like, people in the room that are those, like, okay, we can we can get this done quicker. Because, like, I could sit there and be at, on a song for weeks, maybe even months, before I'm like, this song's done. Mm. you know just because i want to add as much detail and like i like to tell story uh, within these songs you know i want to like give people an experience when they're listening to this shit like i don't want them to be like oh, okay this is just another song you know whether that's being executed or not to the listener i want it to at least be executed within myself you know um i definitely want people to hear the music but the art being made is really meant for my own sanity. You know, like I'm telling these stories out of my own experience or even my homies experience, you know, like I, I, they're personal, but then I also want them to feel personal to other people that listen to it. You know, like I want them to re to resonate. Um, so I don't want to just give anything just half, just half ass. You know, I don't want people to just be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You could tell that they just made this real quick and, they yeah. called it good. It is crazy though. There, there has to, there's some type of art to it also when you're able to put out like an amazing song that you did in one day. Like even with a like I, I see it with a lot of albums actually. Mm. Um, like a the most recent example is like a fucking Drake song or a song off Kanye's album where they're actually talking about something that happened like a week before the album was even dropped. I'm like, what the fuck? I How thought, do you do that? I thought this was an album they've been working on for years or months. Yeah. And they just throw that, whether they actually go in and tweak that one song to add that line or whatever it is, it's crazy how. But they also got Drake and Kanye budget where they could have like a full ass studio wherever they want and be like, have the top engineers making sure that that shit sounds crispy mm. and ready for the the streaming platforms before it's even on like kanye could literally just like 
yo, I'm I'm about to get in the studio. I'm just about to rap real quick, make this shit sound good. You know, like not saying that budget has anything to do with making good music. No, but, but that's what you're talking about. I feel like when yeah. you're you're talking about like how you Kanye is actually at that level where he can just make art and doesn't have to really think about the business stuff. And I feel like that's a that's probably a dream of a lot of artists that they oh, can sure. just go and sing some stuff and maybe even forget it, forget that they did that because they they're able to move on to whatever next art art they want to work on or whatever. No, exactly. Like it's it's the job, you know. Um, it, it can be hard when you sit there and have to uh, juggle all these different. Um, uh, roles um, as an up and coming artist, you know, but sometimes it's necessary because then when you when you have that opportunity to juggle those roles and understand what you're doing, when you invite people to help you fill those roles, then it becomes a little different because then you understand what they need to do in order to yeah. help you, you know, because you're like, okay, I, I can't sit there and email every single person um, that reaches out to me. I can't reach out to every single person that reaches out to me because like right now I got to sit here and spend like four or five hours making this music, or I got to sit there and figure out how the merch is going to look, or I got to sit there and, um, I do have to take some phone calls, um, like phone interviews or something like that. It's just like, there, there's so much to it that, um, it, it can crowd, um, the creation part, you know, 100%. just that, that it just, it becomes overwhelming. Um, even, even when, um, it comes to like trying to get the music videos, right. The photo shoots, like there's just so many levels to like trying to make sure that you keep up your, 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 uh, image as an artist, or even just like keeping up your sanity as a person, you know, cause like, this is, this is my job. You know, I want to make sure that I'm keeping this job until I don't want to do the job no more or until I decide that I want to branch off and do something else, but still in the same medium as making music, you know, like I love music and I always will. So whether that is me making music now and like, I stay doing this until like I'm 40 fucking years old and I'm like, you know what? I'm done making music now. I've had my time. I love doing it. I'll, I'll do it when it needs to come. Like I'm never going to stop making music. But right now I want to put my attention into like talking about music or having a podcast about music, you yeah. know, like doing stuff like that or who knows what type of um, outlets will happen when, you know, when we're in our forties, you know, like who knows what's going to happen. But and that's what's so cool. There's oh, obviously so many downsides to COVID, but, yeah. but there are also so many cool things that came out of COVID people like some people were able to like take a step back and be like, oh, I can actually do this and this and this right. and this. It made people reevaluate how it, I feel like it made a lot of people. This is not everyone, but um, what's the right word? Time management. I feel like it actually helped a lot with time management. It helped me at least with time management and realizing things I should prior prioritize versus other things. For sure. Yeah. I, I I always feel like I'm being selfish when I say it, but like 2020, you know, it definitely helped me personally be able to do that, you know, take the step back and like, write down what I need, write down what I like am looking for within myself as a career, within this career of music and art, you know, like actually be intentional with what I'm doing instead of looking at it like just, you know, as a hobby, yeah. you know, um, and to keep on making it fun, you know, like it's a job, 
but as other jobs can end up becoming like I've I've worked like in the nine to five realm where it's just like or the nine to five realm, but the like, you know, the day job realm where you're sitting there not enjoying what you do and you feel like you're wasting your time and that that same thing can apply to like even making music if you're not having fun doing it. You know, there are some people that truly love their day job because they're having fun doing it. As long as you're having fun, like why why stop, you right. know? But um there's nothing wrong with having a day job. I'm just saying that that's not for me personally. Oh, so what do you do? Do you, you don't have a day job right now? No. What do you do uh, to make I mean, music only and fans. like uh, OnlyFans are doing these toes. <laughs> no, my toes are crusty. Oh, um, no. I, you know, I, I, I do like kind of like do deliveries here and there, but like I don't clock into anything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but other than that, you know, like I've been, I've been, um, doing sessions where people pay me to do sessions and stuff like that and like that's dope. do vocal stuff like that um you know that's this is kind of how i make my money you know i still kind of get like money from streaming um what's it called um uh sync licensing deals and shit like that so oh, it's like she, that's a yeah. dope thing i feel like not a lot of people talk about sync licensing licensing it's huge bro i wish i could get a lot more but like it does help a lot when it comes to like making sure and then like you know gigs too but then like it, you know it's it's been helping me pay my bills you know like it's been making me so i don't have to like really focus on um working a day job anymore you know but you know with all that being said it's just like i don't know that that's the reason why i try to work so hard on like making sure that shit gets accomplished you know and properly executed just because like you know I don't want to have to go back to working a day job. It's not for me. Yeah. It's not something that I like doing. I never liked going in and clocking into um, somebody else's time and then having to be there for eight hours a day. Well, like more like nine hours a day, because like depending on where you work, you also maybe have to stay an extra hour after things close, you know? Yeah. But growing up, I've just I've worked so many other jobs. Like since I was able to work, I've been working up until like I just didn't need to anymore, you know. And it's just another fuzzy. Another fuzzy, bro. <laughs> it's another fuzzy. But nah, man. I think working a day job stresses me out to the max because like I don't like the thought of like, yo, I need to go to L.A. next month. Can I take that time off? Uh, no. Su- Susan has that time, and apparently you just yeah fuck you pretty much like you can't take that time or like you could give not even like ask them like tell them like yo i i can't take this time off like the the i don't know like i don't know what how to explain it but like the the impression that they they give when it comes to another work what is it a clog in the machine or whatever almost pretty much but it's like they they give you this impression that like if you ask them for time off or tell them that you need time off that it's going to cost your job mm-hmm. and that's and that's what nobody likes it's like if i'm telling you that i need to take time off for personal reasons even if i don't have like um time off like time paid to like you know i forget what it's even fucking called um Damn, vacation times <laughs> i like the vacation like vacation <laughs> time and shit like that or sick time like you can't use your sick time unless you're actually sick or um, you can only use vacation time um, 
for so many for so many times. I don't know, but like they, you're they just, threaten you're that. You're just genre. flexing slowly. You're like, what? what is that? Let's go vacation time. And I forget. <laughs> I forgot what vacation time was, man, because I never got to fucking use it. That's what it is. But um, damn, yeah, I, I get that. Um, no, man, it's it's just trash. I don't I don't like the the way that they outline. Um, I think a lot of creators are people. like that. Yeah. yeah. So how did you became become like a, a go to feature in Seattle? Like what were the steps if you I mean, I don't even know. I truly to be honest, like it's not that like it was a, a go to thing. Like I have friends that are willing to like pay me for my time and that I am also willing to pay for their time, you know. It's different if we're like collaborating on something, but if they're like asking me to like hop on something that they already have like written or if they're like asking me to like pretty much be a source for something that they need on a song. Um, I'm I'm not, I, I to be honest, like I never used to be like, yeah, I charge um, until that one person decided like, yo, I'll pay you to be on the song. And it wasn't even more of like, um, it wasn't even more of the fact that like, I didn't like the song. It was just more of the thought that like, oh shit, I could do that. Like, I didn't realize that I was, like, able to, like, charge for my time that way, you know? And I feel like that helped a lot understand um, that side of the business, I feel like, in, in the sense of, like, I don't know. I have a question. What do art, do artists put that on their taxes? That They're <laughs> charging people for features? I mean, you can. I'm sure you can write them off. I, I never, like, before got paid enough to really write that off on my taxes. Mm-hmm. So... Like, I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm fucking ducking. Don't put this on here. Maybe I'm ducking the fucking IRS or, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like when, like when 2 changes like $50,000 for a feature or whoever, whatever artist. Like, yeah. D- does the government look at that? <laughs> like, Shit. <laughs> I mean, I feel like when you're making money like that, when you're, when you're making over, you're making way over the amount that the average person makes a year, <laughs> then I'm sure that's when they're like, yeah, you need to fucking tax this shit, bro. Like, like OnlyFans girls, do they, the oh, ones that I'm are making sure. big money, they do they probably have to take pay taxes. Or? Bro, like, because I feel like some of them are, like, making millions, yeah. millions a month. So, of course, if they're making millions per month, they, they definitely got to get that tax. So, Otherwise, <laughs> they're they're getting somebody knocking on their door. <laughs> That's that's wild. So, so how would you? Yeah, but like, how would you meet like a? You, you explain how you met like Karma and Nobi and those guys. Yeah. But like, how how would you meet like a Paris Alexa, Dave B, a Sam Chow, or man, honestly, Campana. Um, it was always just kind of like a trickling moment. So like, I met Shayhan first. Well, I've known I've known Alex Samuridel. I've known him since middle school. Check out um, fuck, what was it called, Mister Mister Samurai. Check that out. Yeah, uh, shout out my guy. Dell, um, but I've known Dell since middle school. Like I've, I've just I've just known of him, you know. And like I knew him because we went to the same middle school. Wow. He ended up going to a different high school, like in Spokane. And I still lived in the Tri Cities. Anyway, um, was he I already cool? knew he he was he was hanging around some some hoodlums, but <laughs> he was always a cool kid. He was always a cool kid, but he was always hanging around some hoodlums. <laughs> them them. Well, let's just say we were on two different um, friend groups, I wouldn't say. But um, <laughs> I don't know if I would, I don't know, I was kind of a hoodlum myself. Anyway, we just had two different friend groups. But I I just knew that me and him were going to be friends because we would still make music. Um, 
not until like high school like he was sending stuff over to me and then like he would produce stuff for me and then of course like he moved out here first and then i moved out here and then of course like he was like one of the first people i knew out here but shayhan before i moved out here like i connected with him and he um he was the first person that like that i didn't know growing up in like eastern washington that i met out here so like um Dell introduced me to Campana. Okay. And then Campana introduced me to Paris. Cuz they were they were roommates or something, right? Shamrai, Dell and Campana? Yeah, they were. Um so they like they I got introduced to Campana through These Del. are all local Seattle artists. Some have moved to LA, but this is an audience now. Oh, yeah, if yeah. If people are getting lost. Yeah, okay. So yeah, like some of these people live in LA now, but um Dell to Campana, Campana to Paris. And I think I actually met Travis through um, Campana too. Mm. Because we were always like at that apartment and I just chilling out and hanging out. And that was just kind of like, at the time, that was just kind of like our spot. We just hang out at Campana's spot. And it was like in, in West Seattle. And we were just chilling there. Like we'd make music or just top it up about like what we're trying to do or what we're going to do and stuff like that. And like, that's just, that was just our spot. Um, and then like, to be honest, it just was one thing after another. I met like Nima and like Elon through, uh, Shayhan. Oh, Cause okay. that's where Shayhan was like making music at the time. And that was the first studio that I had. The Ruby room. To. Ruby room. Elon's been on the podcast. Nima has not yet though. Yeah. Soon. Got to get him on. What the, where, yeah. where are you at Nima? Where are you at? <laughs> um, but yeah, like. It's wild because I like I met Nima through Shayhan and like I just I, like just one after the, another, you know, and like it was just it just kind of like that's how it was. Like I was like doing a lot of features on um, Campana's music at the time. Um, I was doing and you were on Cosmos, the Cosmos project. Yeah, the Cosmos project. Like a lot of a lot of my features had come from there before I stopped really like doing a lot of features and really focusing on my own solo stuff. Um, of course I did like a couple features with Travis, um, when he was like really starting to blow up in the beginning, you know? Um, and then I did a couple with, um, BFA, you know, when, when they were still like a, a, a crew out here. Um, and then like just one after another, I'm sure I met Saul through Nima. Um, I've probably met Sam, through Saul I don't actually remember how I met Sam but I remember meeting Sam somehow like <laughs> it was either through the internet or through um just different mediums but then like you know it just kind of like trickled down you know like I I don't know how this shit really happens it's not that I like I had these intentions of like yo I'm gonna meet everybody in Seattle and make music with everybody it was just like I love to make music and it was just kind of like somebody knew who I was and they're like, yo, why don't you get Mr. DC on the track or why don't you um, make music with Mr. DC or blah, blah, blah. And then I just reach out to them. And and these know. are all very talented artists though. So like if you, if you weren't talented alone, they wouldn't have you on their project. I, I feel like that is definitely a, a thing. Like I, I definitely know that I have talent. I feel like maybe there are times where I don't see the talent the way that others see my talent if that makes sense mm. like maybe I talk to people all the time you know like 
from from my homies in Tacoma to to people here in Seattle that are like, bro, I don't know if you realize um, like your talent and stuff like that. And like I have people telling me that, and I, I truly I I truly don't really understand like I'm just making music like I'm just trying to make the best music I can and that I enjoy like I want to make music that I know that I would listen to if I was discovering music or if I was um listening to my favorite artist you know that's that's all I want to do and if if people enjoy that and recognize that then that's dope you know like I'm not like out here trying to be like like I'm not trying to flex you know I'm not the type of person to do that but I understand when I do some dope shit and I understand when I fuck up, but like, it's really cool when people come up to me and like, are telling me like, yo, like you have it, you know, or like you have something, whether, whether it's, whether I know it or not, you I have something. And I feel like that's super, it's reassuring um, because there are times where I can't get down on myself. I'm a human, you know, like I get down on myself. I'm a, I'm an emotional guy at the same time. And I feel like there are times where me overworking myself can overwhelm myself to the point where I'm just like, am I even doing the right thing? Um, And then like, I have the right homies that, that are there for me and tell me like, yo, stop fucking up or not like fucking up, but like, stop thinking like that. You, you, you're the shit, you know, they're like, they're my hype people, you know, they hype me up, That's good. you know, and, um, but then, you know, I also stay grounded and just try to be like, you know, like I'm still trying to make a name for myself. I'm still, um, working on becoming a better version of who I was before. Do you think there's been a holdup? Do you, do you like when you, uh, even performing on like KXP mm-hmm. in that 2018, mm-hmm. did you feel like even back in 2018, you would have been on a different platform by now like how how do you feel like your trajectory has been i i truly think that everything does go the way that it's planned you know like my my route is in the right direction no matter what i'm doing it's supposed to be in the right direction i don't think that i could be on like i could be on something bigger and i could not you know it's not that like after kxp like it was just going to continue going up from there or anything like that or down you know like I feel like KXP was a moment that led to other moments, you know, um, and I, I feel like it definitely, with me changing my name and changing my identity, probably confused some people that were were remembering as Mr. DC and were like only recognized me as Mr. DC. So I don't know. I, I definitely feel like wherever I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be, you know, like I'm supposed to be here right now, you know. On the NAS podcast. On the NAS podcast. <laughs> there you go. And I'm supposed to be going to practice later. You know, like there there are so many different um oh shit. Hold on, let me make sure that my uh Oh shit. No, I just want to make sure that I'm not um going over the time of out there. I just got a parking ticket the other day. I'm not trying to get oh, another one. Fuck, yeah. Um it's too for people who uh I actually made a parking, a direction. Did you check out the directions PDF? Fuck, bro. I probably did, and then like I got end up getting caught up. Damn it! I I recently made a a directions and tips PDF for my guests. So, really? So that I'm like, here are the locations where you have to pay to park. It's two hours park for people that eventually come on the podcast or people who just want to know. Yeah. Right in front of the studio, it's two hour parking. 
And then a couple of streets over, it's like residential parking where you just have to learn how to parallel, parallel park because it's fucking super tight um, roads. But yeah. there's always parking, but it's like parallel parking and like damn, bro, it's a bitch. I fucked up. See, and that's and that's where I wish I had just like more time to just like not have to do everything because then I probably would have known that shit and not have to be like, oh shit, I got fucking <laughs> this time. But um. What were we talking about? I forgot what we were asking. I don't, I don't know. We talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah, we were talking about a lot of stuff. But, but besides the point, I was supposed to be here, and like I feel like my trajectory of where I'm going is is gonna go in the right direction, no matter what. You know, I know that my my artistry will get bigger. I know that I'm gonna grow. I know that I'm only gonna go up from here. Um, and there's just no doubt about it. You know, I believe in attracting what you want. I believe in um, making sure that you are counting your blessings, like counting what you have and understanding that, like, it could be worse, you know, but better is on its way, you know. I don't know. That's That's where I'm at. How do you feel when, like, you've worked with these other artists who have, like blown up exponentially, like a Travis Thompson, uh, Paris Lexa to a certain level, like yeah. a Dave B. Like, how how does that make you feel? Is it like, are you happy for them? Do you feel well, like, of course, fuck, I would, of course, happy. But like, yeah. do you, is it like, fuck, I should be up there with them? Like, how how do you? They they are supposed to be where they're at, you know, exactly, and that's that's their trajectory. I I don't like comparing not only to like homies, but I don't like comparing to any artist because everybody's journey is different, mm-hmm. you know their journey took them to where they're at right now and going forward and continue to grow. You know, everybody's journey is different. Like those are because I've, I I started making music with them or like when I first came out here, like I was making music with them and stuff like that on their growth in the beginning and stuff like that. I understand that their journey took them that way. And my, my journey is not any, anywhere less or more than what they're at you know if that makes sense that's not how I look at it anyway but I know that where where I'm gonna be I I'm gonna eventually be in like some sort of realm that contains people maybe looking at me in that way too if that makes I don't know how to explain it but I'm just saying like no, I don't. I don't sit there and be like, "Oh man, I need to be there." Like that's where I'm at, because like I'm literally a phone call away from all these people. Like that's what's so cool. It seems like you have long-lasting friendships with all those guys. Yeah, you know, like they're they're homies. You know, like I know that because they're there, I know that it's not impossible for me to be there too. You know, and like I said, and not saying that they're like. I don't know how to explain it. Not saying that they're like ahead or behind or anything like that. Not even with me. Cause like I'm on my own journey. Like I decided to make a name change right in the middle of like my career, you know, or in the beginning, like I don't, I don't even know where I'm at in my career, to be honest. Like mm-hmm. I can't even tell you where I really stand in my career. I could be, I, I know that I might be in a better position than most. I may be in a worse position than most quote unquote, but that all being said, you know, I, I know where I'm supposed to be, you know, and I'm supposed to be right here. I was supposed to make the name change. I was supposed to um, do KXP. 2020 was supposed to happen, <laughs> unfortunately, for some people and, and fortunately for some, you know. Yeah. So, like, 
I don't know, man. Like, I, I know that I do want to do a lot more shows. And because I've I put that in the universe, I've, I've attracted more shows. You know, I've been talking about how I want to make more money as my artistry or in my artistry. And that's been happening, you know. So, like, I have no doubt that where I want to be or where I'm going to be will happen within the next couple of years, you know, or within this, within this year, you know, like I have, I have the right connections here and I have the right connections in other areas, you know, like New York and LA and, and all that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I see you, I see you like as the, on the same level as, especially at least in Seattle as the same level as like a Sam Chow and all those other people. So okay. like when I had Sam on for the second time, Oh my God, I've made the most, I've been a, I've been working on like my marketing tactics. Okay. So I know some, some tactics aren't the most appropriate, just like joke wise, but I know that it's important. I think it's a clickbait's important sometimes. So I just put out the interview with Sam yesterday. Okay. It was a very clickbait, (laughs) clickbait, but it was obvious. I make sure it was obvious enough so no one is really offended. Okay. So the people that, it's whatever the point is. So I had him on yesterday and because like we've, I've been producing his podcast, and he's already been on mine. Mm. We're able to just talk about whatever. Mm. And he was he was um, saying that it's cool that I have a lot of Seattle artists on, but it does. He says it can seem like sometimes I feel like comparing artists to one another, which I try not to do. That it's more about mm. just like hearing other people's perspectives. But, oh, to other Seattle artists, yeah. Okay, but with that, he was saying I don't. He doesn't see himself as a Seattle artist he just feels like he's an artist right mm. but I feel like does does that mindset maybe come with the fact that he's done all he can really do in Seattle and he's happy with his fan base like do you feel like how do you look at Seattle that because you are you're definitely on the same level as like a Sam LaChelle and people in here in Seattle like people know who you are so does that do you feel like you have to traverse through Seattle or like I'm one I'm one stop away from being able to do this cool thing in Seattle or like do you just look at Seattle as just where you live? And to be honest, man, I feel like as as an artist, I don't feel like anybody wants to be known as like a place that you live in artist. You know, like we want to be able to be worldwide. You know, we want people from Chicago to hear what we're doing out here. You know, we want people from Texas. Or we want people from New York. We want people from all around the state or you know, the country, the fucking world to know what we're doing, Japan, Korea, you know, like we want, we don't want to be known as the representative of Seattle, but more of the the person that is from that place, you know, like I feel like it sounds more cool, <laughs> cool, I guess, to say like, yeah, I'm an artist from Seattle. Like I made it past that because it almost becomes like that feeling of like, oh yeah, they're not like when you when you have that title of being as like a Seattle artist, it feels like you're only able to like hit that glass ceiling, or, or there's not a glass ceiling, but you're just hitting that ceiling of like here's Seattle, and then you're like trying to get past it, and like you can't. Is that just because of how the music industry sees it? Like a fucking Nipsey Hussle or whoever would be like, yeah, I'm from Crenshaw. I yeah. feel like that's really how people from Seattle see it. I, I feel like from what I've experienced, like outside of Seattle, people 
don't really care about Seattle like that. Like people are not like sitting there like, oh, what's happening in Seattle? More of like, um, they know that there are dope artists coming from Seattle. So I feel like it's almost kind of like an ego thing with artists probably having that title of being a Seattle artist. It just comes with like, oh damn, am I like, am I starting to get to that that part of like capping out and only only being able to f- feed my potential within this this boundary of Seattle and not like anywhere else? Like, I know that comes with like growth and like having you make music wherever you go, but I'm not sure. I don't. I I know that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't I don't really understand. Like, I, I understand the feeling, but then I don't understand the feeling because I never knew if people looked at me as like a Seattle artist or not. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know how people really view me until they tell me that they view me that way. You know, so do you think nowadays artists should just focus on worldwide right away versus being like, let me build myself up in Seattle? Or like, I feel like anybody should be focusing on like trying to be as big of an artist as they can be. But I feel like they definitely have to like, they definitely have to build their fan base to of where they are. You know, they have to have that like, like people won't fuck with you anywhere else if they think that your your own your own town doesn't fuck with you or your own city doesn't fuck with you necessarily. Because if you sit there and go to L.A. and work with some people in L.A. and you sit there and blow them away, they're not gonna sit there like, yo, this guy is Seattle. They're going to be like, yo, this guy is a fire fucking artist. You know, there's so many people in L.A. that are coming from so many different areas that you don't look at them like, oh, this is an L.A. artist. They they might represent their city and be like, no, nah, I'm from fucking Baltimore or I'm from fucking, you know, so-and-so. But, like, when I'm listening to an artist, I'm not automatically like, oh, yeah, this person is from so-and-so. Oh, this person is from blah 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 mm. like i'm like yo i fuck with this this artist and then i'm like where are they from oh they're from seattle oh shit i didn't even know you know because seattle does in my opinion sometimes gets looked over when it comes to mainstream music in a sense you know of course the big cities like la new york you know atlanta you know they're the ones that have like the most like attention on them but there's definitely so much hidden talent out here that people don't realize because I feel like Seattle had this had or or maybe still has a reputation of being just kind of like very poppy music, you know, like they're I don't know, people people seem to just like look over it because it doesn't have it's either pop or like grunge. Right. You know, and so like when people out here um, make music that is super fire, then people it just it gets looked over, unfortunately, sometimes. And then we have like, I don't know. I don't know. That's I don't why really people to... feel like they have to move and stuff. Like, why do you stay here in Seattle? I'm from Washington. You know, um, I plan on moving too. you know, like I definitely um, have a plan of like leaving probably come. 2022 you know like I was trying to think of what year it was for a second I was like where where, where are we but come 2022 you know like and it's not even for the fact that like 
like I need to move for my career because we live in a time where like I could just visit LA anytime I want. But for the fact that I've lived in Washington my whole life, I need to explore a little bit more. Like I feel like that's going to also help me um, with my writing, with my creativity, like being surrounded in a new area and changing your scenery also creates uh, an, an, a mind expanding um, creation, you know, in my opinion, you know, like I know, I know a few people in LA too that like, it it won't change. It won't change anything. If I move to LA, all it's going to do is just give me a better opportunity to get connected with certain people, you know, that are, that are in LA. You know, I, I, I've seen what moving to LA has done for, for certain people, not saying that it's going to do that for me, but I know people out there enough. If I did, if I kind of did that out here in Seattle, not knowing anybody and just kind of doing like, oh, I'm going to connect with this person or I'm going to connect with this person and make music, then why can't I do that um, in another place, even if it's just for like a year? Yeah. Um, I forget who it was. It probably was a comedian I had on. I think it might have been Monica Nevy, mm. where she was saying like people feeling like they have to move out of their city to because they feel like they're like their city makes them sad or whatever you're just gonna and you think you're moving to Seattle moving to a different city will make you happy and make your music better mm. sometimes it's just a different city and you still feel sad and <laughs> your music's still the same damn you know yeah like I think um it comes from within so it should moving I feel like shouldn't be like an excuse like oh if I move that's what's gonna make my music better you should move because it's something you feel oh yeah down, you know yeah for sure like I don't think that moving is gonna make my music better I'm not saying I'm just yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I know that's what a lot of people think, too. Like, it's crazy that you say that, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, once I'm in L.A., pff, game over. My my music is <laughs> automatically better than it was when I was living in my hometown, you know? But, like, I know that it's going to motivate me a little bit more. It's going to push me, because I know that I'm still, I still have work out here to do that I want to I wanna still, like like, get things done out here. But then I know that, like, me, like, I feel like I like that challenge of, like, starting anew and, like, having people that don't know who I am discover me. Yeah, that's some of the magic, too. I feel like yeah. everyone, there there definitely is that small chance, though. You, If you're working just as hard here in Seattle and then you move to L.A. and still work as hard, there's still probably, like, a even if it's 5% chance that if you're working that hard in L.A., you can be walking down the street and someone's like, oh, fuck, I want you to be on my show or mm. be on my album or whatever it is. You know, like, you can work super hard in here in Seattle mm-hmm. and no one's going to come on the street, walk down the street and be like, hey, yeah. I want to give you this opportunity. No, exactly. And I feel like that's um, opportunities in L.A. And that's what's exciting. It's super exciting, man. Like, the last couple times I've been to L.A., um, I mean, I always, when I, whenever I go out there, I always make sure that, like, I have everything set up so that, like, I'm I'm always in a session or I'm always doing something so that I'm not just, like, out there doing what I could be doing out here. Yeah. You know? But, like, like some things just kind of, like, it was, it was wild, man. Like, on, like, a just very low level, um, like, there, were, there was a time when I went out there and ended up just going out there and, like, one of my friends from out here... Um, knew that I was coming out there and they're like yo um, I just wanted to reach out to you personally because I want to introduce you to somebody mm. that um, when when you're out here I just want to make sure that you guys get introduced before you go back I'm like 
perfect cool sounds good it just happened to be like an a and r from columbia records and like it was just a super dope meeting to the where the point was like yo whenever you come back out here you will can record here whenever you want like you will have a spot to record like you don't have to worry about paying for studio time like i want to i want to make sure that you're able to like do that and like stuff like that obviously just doesn't happen out here like you can't just like oh like i'm in seattle like who can i have the interview or like who can i meet up with you know some people like that person to person meeting before they can like okay yeah i fuck with this person i want to i want to invest in this person because like you could be anybody online like you you don't know what that person truly is unless you like are meeting that person in person that's where that catfish show just came back have you seen that they they came out with a new catfish show. I'm pretty sure the new cat catfish is out. Damn. Because I've been seeing it on like Instagram and Snapchat and stuff. Like there's like a whole like s- series page and stuff for it. That's fire. So I'm pretty sure it's back. All about like who, or is it the same story? I'm, like is yeah, it the it's same the same people. Just it's just like mo- more modern. You know, like damn. This person catfished me on Instagram. I mean, you know what's crazy? There's a lot of cat. A lot of the show takes place in Washington. I'm sure, like yeah. Like Spokane area and stuff. Though. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. You never know where... It, I feel like Seattle has definitely been coming, becoming more of a mainstream place. Like, I've been noticing it a lot in, like, television. Yeah. And I've been noticing it a lot more in, like, movies. Like, it's just like, oh, the setting of this movie is based in Seattle. Oh, um, like, did you ever see Chronicle? You know, oh, yeah. Dude, that was... I was like, holy shit, that took place in Seattle. Like, yeah. When, that was crazy. Fucking Michael B. Jordan. Uh, what was it? What's that one guy's name? I forget. He played. He actually ended up playing. He was um, in. He was in Spider Man too. As a fucking Green Goblin guy. Yeah, the <laughs> Hobgoblin. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's. Yeah, that guy hasn't been in anything lately. No, I mean he. He just looked like he had an evil face. He was just kind of yeah. scary. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That was a crazy. I need to rewatch that movie, Chronicle. Yeah, that movie was fire. I remember. I actually used to own that movie because I liked it so much. Like when people actually bought DVDs and shit like that. Yeah. Like people. People still do, but. We're getting to that point in time where people are not doing that shit no more. People are like waiting for it to just come out on, on a streaming platform and be like, oh yeah, I remember Dude, this movie. I remember when I first realized you can stream music and like have a subscription. It was like when it first came. I've always been like a Google guy. Some people yeah. make fun of me for that, but like I like Google phones better than Apple. Okay. But um, shit, it was like probably 2015, somewhere around there. Yeah. And I would buy like full on albums on like streaming services. And then I kept getting these ads for $9 a month, listen to music. And I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah. So I finally like, um, I finally had $10 saved up. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I have no idea what it's going to do. If it takes my money, then whatever. Yeah. And then I never looked back after that. And I'm like, I've always had a music subscription after that. Hey, man, that's, that's, it's funny because like that was, that was the moment where I ended up, 2015 was the moment where I ended up um, getting, Apple Music Mm because it was like around that time where Apple was trying to compete with Spotify because it was just like people were like there was no way to like really listen to music other than buying albums you know or buying singles and people were like why would I buy that if I could literally just listen to it on Spotify you know for just a monthly subscription like I could listen to it multiple like I could listen to the whole album if I wanted to yeah and um yeah I mean now I mean Spotify still like takes rain over like all the streaming platforms but yeah, like I think Apple it's Music like, is contender now I think it's like I feel like Spotify is like artists like ID or whatever mm. you know like people are like oh you're an up and coming artist huh let me look at your Spotify let me see your numbers you yeah know, things like that which is super trash yeah. just because like 
I don't know, man. Maybe this is maybe this is a Seattle thing, but like I I don't notice that in in L.A. Really? I don't. Yeah, like whenever I like I go visit there, people like truly like listen to you or like want to invest in you based off of talent. Mm. You know, and like I feel like out here, I've noticed a lot more like, yeah, what's your Spotify? And then like, and I've actually seen it firsthand, oh, like shit. with a homie, where like they were like telling. Um, Telling them like, yeah, I make music too, and they're like, oh yeah, let me see your Spotify, and then they're like, there's monthly listeners were like maybe like a thousand or less or something like that, and like you could just see it on their face, they're just like, oh okay, like uh, like they just they they didn't take them serious at that moment, as if like their music wasn't good because their monthly listeners weren't there, but it's just like what the fuck, like the consumer doesn't understand like exactly, how hard it is exactly, but the thing is like in L.A. There's so many people that know so many other people. They're like, yo, this person is so fucking talented. They're up and coming. They don't really have a huge following yet. But if we package them this this way and like show and or put them in the right rooms, they they could be really big. And I've seen and I've also seen that happen too. Where the same person that had less than like a thousand monthly listeners moved to LA. And now all of a sudden they have like over fifty thousand monthly listeners or or more. You see that? I've seen that. I've seen that actually a lot with a lot of my guests actually. Like from a, I'm forgetting all these labels that all these artists are on. But like from yeah. from like a Jay Skies who had barely any monthly listeners and but he was well known in in New York. Fucking Conway hit him up one. You know Conway, Conway the Machine. Yeah. Hit him up one day. I was like, I want you to be on my new record label. This out of nowhere. Damn. So Conway or like a Catil even. Yeah. Like. I forgot who the fuck, whatever um, record label guy, the head of whatever record label that was, reached out to him and was like, I forget. I'll put you on Sway in the Morning and then I want to put you on this record label. Or uh, um, I have this guy named Gundes Garcon. He's from, do you know who Black Party is? Oh, yeah. So I, I've had Black Party on. Really? Yeah, he was actually one of my first guests. Black Party? Yeah. Damn, that guy is so fire. I need to, yeah. I need to meet him one day. He's dope. So Black Party is from this really small town, Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm. Like the smallest music scene, just super small. And basically the biggest artist come out of there is Carrie Foe. Yeah. Black Party and Gundes Garcon. And they've they're all signed. Black Party and Carrie Foe kinda blow up at the same time because Childish Gambino Bino founded both of them. Yeah. And then Gundes Garcon was kinda there for a couple another couple of years and would just keep going out to LA until one of the head, it was fucking, was it like Pete Rosenberg or someone? Mm. I was like, you know what? I, I believe in what you're doing. I want to sign you also. You yeah. know? And they're just because people in LA like see that. I feel like a lot of people in LA see that talent or like other, just other music hubs. Mm. I don't know if that's really here in Seattle because a lot of the, a lot of things there isn't all that there isn't, there isn't like a big record labels or press or anything here in Seattle for people to invest really yet. Which is I might have to go and yeah, no worries. Let's let's wrap it up. Yeah, um, this has been a good one, man. Yeah, man, my bad. It's just the parking, and like I'm really trying not to get <laughs> another ticket because last time I was like on my way out there to like try and pay for the parking. Yeah, and they already gave me the ticket. That's fucking annoying. Well, yeah. Dave Cheney, it's been a pleasure. Uh, what's the easiest way for people to reach you? At Dave Cheney. There we go. S H A N A E. The accent. This is the NAS podcast with Dave Cheney. And we did it.